Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show. edition of the Talk to Q radio show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And the change in theme song is just something to um, signify that it's Women's History Month. Um, 30 years ago, um, it was designated Women's History Month. After being petitioned by the National Women's History Project, Congress passed that, and it's been 30 years in March has been designated as Women's History Month. So what I've done, this is the third year in a row we've done this, is have a show about ladies with ladies. Now, normally there is a female hostess, and I have Miss Crystal Hickerson host a show for me, but she was unavailable this year uh, to host. So I figured, you know what, I still want to have it. So just imagine me in a wig hosting the show, and we'll go from there. But... um on tonight's show, we'll discuss some things like uh, why do ladies tend to stay in bad relationships? Uh, why are some ladies so cutthroat when it comes to others? You know, what happened to sisterhood? And what are some of the struggles of women entrepreneurs? So I have two guests I'll be speaking with this um, about these things tonight. But first, let me explain how this show works for those who may be new to it. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. 
And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 686 starts right after a word from The Crystal Show. Listen to The Crystal Show for celebrity gossip, amazing interviews, musical guests, and the most fun to be had on internet radio. Check out the past and new podcasts at thecrystalshow.com. I go on and on, can't understand how I last so long. I must have the superpowers, last 223,000 hours. My thanks to The Crystal Show for being a supporter of T2Q. 347 is the number. Um, again, like I said, this is the women's political, but with a twist. Uh, there's not a woman hosting it this year. It's going to be me, but I have two ladies on the line that I'm going to get to. So for those who are on hold, um, please be patient, and I'll try to see if I can uh, work you in at, at some point. But let me first go to my first guest. Uh, she is from the Sunshine State of Florida, where she lives. She's residing in the Sunshine State of Florida. She's an author of the book When Honeysuckles Fall, and the creator of the Unapologetically Me Apparel. Uh, please welcome Miss Carmen Hendricks to the Talk to Q Radio Show. Carmen, what's going on? Hi, everyone. So nice and to how are you doing this evening? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I am great. I am great. So tell me what's been going on with you. What's happening with um, the book and Unapologetically Me? Well, um, the book is about to go on a promotion. Um, if you have Amazon Prime or Amazon Unlimited, you'll be able to get the book for free, um, and that's going to go into effect tomorrow. Um, it is my attempt to gear up for the next book that's going to be released for the When Honeysuckles Fall series. So I'm very okay. excited. The next book is entitled Eight Moments. Very excited about that release. Um, it's coming soon, so be on the lookout if you um, haven't already. You can go to When Honeysuckles Fall or you can go to CarmenHendricks.com and join the mailing list, and you'll be able to get information about when the book will be coming out. Also, um, coupon codes. Um, I'm about to release a new coupon code on Facebook, so make sure that you follow me so that you can get your Unapologetically Me t-shirt. So be on the lookout for all of those great things. Check you out. Busy, busy, busy. Okay. <laughs> well, we all look forward to that for sure. So um, I can attest to the the book. Um, I read the book. It was great. 
I reviewed it over in my blog site at talk to Q, excuse me at thankyou.me uh, for those who want to check it out. But uh, yeah, it's a great book, so I look forward to the second one. All Thank right. you. My other guest is the epitome of the word entrepreneur. Um, she's worked with Tom Joyner, the Huffington Post, GQ, and others from This Needs to Be Said Media Incorporated and residing in the Tar Heel State of North Carolina. Please welcome Miss Catherine Waddell to the Talk to Q Radio Show. <laughs> Catherine, how's it going? I don't that. Listen, thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. Um, how are you tonight? I am outstanding. And so and I appreciate you taking the time. I mean, what's going on at um this needs to be said um dot com? Oh my gosh, so much. Always teaching, sharing information and sharing my platform with other people to teach. Um, what they know and their business. I, I love the entrepreneur. I love the business owner. I get passionate about people's passion, and, and that's what continues to happen. And the space that I'm in right now and some of the videos that I'm sharing on social media are really about how to stay in business and what happens when you feel like you've hit a plateau or you hit a dip because it's exciting for that grand opening or that new release or, you know, that, that start or that, that new thing that you're doing, but what happens when it levels off. So really just encouraging people to stay in business. Now, I'm a new author of somewhat. I have a book, um, fun book, if you followed me for any length of time on social media, I have a bit called Help Me Settle an Argument. And listen, people ask me all the time, who are you arguing so much with? And I know they're new, which is fun. But the Help Me Settle an Argument is really just a discussion, a, a, a conversation starter. And it's about anything that people want to have an opinion talk around about. It could be something serious. It could be something silly. Um, and sometimes people go on for days with some topics, which amazes me because I'm really ready to move on. But it's like a game. It's a conversation game. And so I turned it into a book. The first book, Help Me Settle an Argument, and you just go through and you just pick a topic. So if you're in a room with new people at a party that you're hosting at your house or at someone else's house, pop out this book and people will begin to share their opinion and it, it invites people in the conversation because nobody really, you know, feels isolated because everybody gets to have a point of view, much like your show. Um, my second book is More Business, talks about how to expand your brand using radio. And if you're a business and you're online, it's hard for people to walk past your window and see what you're doing. Like we used to go in the mall and, you know, window right. shop. How can they see what you have for sale if they can't see it? So radio is an awesome way to do that, to showcase what you're offering. Um, like Carmen's T-shirts and her books, it's a great way to to display that because, you know, nobody can walk past your store unless you physically have one to see what you have. Plus, radio opens you up to a bunch of people that would not be in your local area. So that's the cool thing about the book. And that one has been a couple of years in the making. I've been teaching that concept for a long time. Again, the teacher in me is there. There's a whole, whole lot going on at this needs to be said. But just to have fun, loving what you do, crying sometimes, you know, and then supporting other times. <laughs> There's a lot going on at this needs to be said. Thank you for asking. 
Okay, okay. And I, I, I like reading some of the um, Help Me Settle an Argument that you put out there as well on Facebook. Um, I saw one you had um, yesterday, I think, um, is counting your blessings good or bad. And I yeah. mean, you, always, you always get participation on it, and it's, it's always, you know, um, very interesting. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, the coolest thing is the people on that. So I don't even have to think of the stuff. That's the coolest part. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get to it. And like I said to my people who are on hold, just be patient with this, and I'll try to work you in as I can. But I really want to get the opinion of the, my guest here. So I want to start off talking about women and relationships. Um, now, being that basically everyone on the show involved is black. If you want to do it from a black woman's perspective, then that's fine too. But uh, Catherine, I'll, I'll start with you. What are some signs in your opinion that your relationship is deteriorating? When the person, whether it's me or the other person are blatantly out for self when everything is, you did me wrong. And I used to tease my little brother, the baby of the bunch, years ago because he always, you know, would say somebody did something to him, so I made up this song, somebody done done me wrong again. So, you know, my, my version of the pity party. And if I'm feeling like, you know, you're always wronging me and I'm not open to seeing your side of it, and, or that person is always, you know, playing the blame game, either one of us is playing the blame game, it's like, okay, this is a sign. And when one of us tried to address it, and then we get on a defense, that's, that's an ex- escalation. Let me get my words together. An escalation of this is a problem. And if we're not willing to solve it, we might be, it might be time for us to cut out. But, yeah, the blame game, pointing the finger. Okay. All right, Carmen, what do you think? What are some signs that your relationship is deteriorating? I agree with Catherine. I think um, not being able to communicate with each other is a definite sign. Um, When you find yourself drifting apart, not doing things together, um, finding more satisfaction in doing things with other people and not your mate or your spouse, then those are definite telltale signs that the relationship is deteriorating. Wow. Definitely. And on uh, Facebook, Keandra in North Mississippi chimed in and said communication is broken. And so, of course, you know, when it comes to um, long-term relationships, a lot of times, you know, they're going to go either way. They're either going to ascend into, you know, marriage or something great, or they're just going to kind of fizzle out. Or even if you get married, sometimes they can fizzle out if you don't do what you need to do so that doesn't happen. So, Carmen, back to you. What is the first step you take to repair a relationship that's slowly falling apart? Um, I think the first thing that you need to do, of course, you have to recognize that there is an issue, but then you have to be willing to talk to that person. You have to want to work it out. So you need to go to that person and say, hey, look, what's wrong? And then truly listen to them. Because a lot of times when you're at that point where your relationship is deteriorating, you have a situation where people are not listening to really hear what that person is saying. They're listening to respond. So you need to listen 
and really hear what your mate is saying to you so that you can have a well-thought-out response and talk to them about what's going on. Otherwise, you're just going to continue to go in circles. Okay, okay. And, Catherine, do you have um, a take on the first step you take in relationship? Deteriorating. So now what? Oh, Carmen is a much better woman than me. Let me say that first, because I already broke up with her. <laughs> 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 when we start playing the blame game, or we can't hear each other, it, you know, she said, you know, try to talk to him. In my mind, we tried that, and I'm out. I'm packing a bag, and it's near the door, and um, he gonna look up, and I'm gonna be gone. Uh, but I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really, I have a high tolerance for pain, whether it's physical, mental, emotional pain. Not that I like being abused, but I think, okay, let me allow this person to be themselves. Maybe I'm trying to control them. So I do try to evaluate myself and see right. if Catherine is being a control freak. Do I just want it my way? You know, if you just do it my way, it'll be best. Because sometimes I do get that way. So I have to check myself or be checked, you know. But if I evaluate it and I've given my best, I've tried to listen to you, I've even, you know, maybe I need to compromise this there. Maybe, maybe. And if this isn't working, because there are some times when you could say, okay, let's try it your way, and that person still is not satisfied, listen, mm-hmm. this isn't the right thing for us because it becomes insatiable when you're compromising in the wrong areas, things that are right. not going to make the relationship healthier. healthier. So yeah, Carmen, you're a much better woman than me because I'm I I break up I'm I'm out. Listen, <laughs> I'm breaking. I will try. I I will say that you know I have in the past been one of those people who you know okay first time of trouble yeah I'm not gonna deal with this and I'll go on, but because of that <laughs> I've gotten to a point where. I, you know, I don't want to look at it and say, well, was I wrong? I, You know, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm making the right decision. I don't want to walk on eggshells. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to walk on eggshells around you because if I'm at that point, then no, there is no, no point in continuing the relationship because it will never be repaired at that point. But I will try. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting takes, ladies. and. Catherine, when you started talking about that high tolerance for pain, I thought you were like on some Anastasia Steele from Shades of Grey type stuff. I wasn't sure where you were going with that. <laughs> Last time we uh, well, uh, well, no, uh, shh, be quiet. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't going there. I was, <laughs> I was talking about my, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, you know, to listen because sometimes I do want it my way. That's a different, that's a different chapter. You. That's a okay. okay, I mean, whatever floats your boat. But uh, on Facebook, uh, Canela Pena chimed in from Portland, Oregon, and she says if it's already falling apart, then none. It's too late. Uh, do you mm-hmm. believe that? I mean, once you recognize things are falling apart, um, I mean, can you walk away too soon? I don't I think, think that. I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Catherine. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I was like, I'm talking all out of turn. Go ahead, Connie. No, I, I don't think that it's, I mean, you know, you have situations where you're married and, you know, you can, people lose their way. 
But then with the help of, you know, maybe counseling, they come back and, and they're stronger than ever. So you can't just say as soon as it starts falling apart, it's too late because that, everybody is different and every relationship is different. So it really just depends on, you know, kind of like what Catherine said, the pain tolerance. If you can deal with it and let it go and move on and move and, and learn from it. I don't believe that just because it's falling apart, it's too late. Okay. All right. Yeah. So let's look at it from, uh, I guess, the opposite point of view. And Carmen, I'll stick with you. Why do so many women seem to stay in bad relationships? Oh, see, now you had to put me there. <laughs> I'm not saying, do not, please listen to me carefully. Do not stay in a bad relationship. If the relationship is not working for you, run. People stay in bad relationships for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it's just a cycle. That's what they saw, and they don't know anything differently. Sometimes people suffer from, you know, the battered woman syndrome where, you know, it's it's almost like they're always making excuses and making excuses until it's too late or until they're gone, you know, Women stay in bad relationships for a lot of different reasons. But um, I think the most that I know of, the the most is because of low self-esteem. And, again, it goes back to that home front, you know, something that they saw, that they were raised with, that they, you know, something that happened to them. I think that those, that's one of the main reasons why, women stay in bad relationships because they don't know anything differently. Okay. All right, Catherine, what do you think? Uh, I think that, and not to go too far away from what Carmen said, I do agree with you, Carmen. I think that <clears throat> we stay in bad relationships because, especially if it's not out good, I had one of these relationships, so I'm going to talk a little bit from experience. But it's all good, and, you know, of course, you don't talk to your girlfriends. Oh, I think I found the one. He's the right one. He does this, that, that, that. And I love my feet rub. Like, when I put it on Facebook, I mean that. Like, I really love getting my feet massaged. So if I find a guy who don't complain about rubbing my feet, and so you don't brag to your girlfriends, things take a left. Now you got egg on your face, and so you feel like a failure. You jumped too soon. You spoke too soon. Maybe you jinxed it. So maybe you stay in this relationship, and you start trying to cover things up because, you don't want to look like, you know, well, maybe they're not what you were saying in the beginning. Maybe you just made it all up. So you you just, you feel bad. Maybe you failed again. And especially if you've had a series of relationships that just weren't good, maybe you just got a bad, wrong guy. You're thinking another bad decision. You know, so you just, it's, it's one of those things. You just kind of stick it out. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe we hit a rough patch, something like that. You know, so just the embarrassment. Feeling like a failure, not again. Did I do this? Why didn't I see it coming? He looked different from the other guys. How? Mm-hmm. You know, that would be the thing. And then if you do other things in your life so well, but relationships are crappy for you, it's like, man, how can you run a business well, but your relationships are always crap? How? So you start, you know, feeling some kind of way about yourself. Even if you don't say anything to other people, when you have that glow, oh, like, oh my gosh, you can tell she got a man in life. And then now all of a sudden you start feeling, you're looking dim and gray and, you know, you know, wearing, you know, shabby colors and not taking care of yourself. They can tell your relationship is falling down, but you just, you feel bad. 
So we stay to keep from having to own up to this might be another bad decision. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. On Facebook, Andre Saunders chimes in from Tampa, Florida. He says, comfort zones, scared of the unknown, as two reasons why some women stay in bad relationships. So uh, let's get another guy's perspective. I'm going to stay in the Tar Heel State, actually, and bring on my man, Dr. Willis. Well, he's not a real doctor. He just plays one on the radio. <laughs> Dr. Bobby Willis, what's happening, man? <laughs> hey, what's hey up? Bobby. How y'all doing? All right. Wonderful. Doctor Willis, I'll ask you ask you, um, just from a man's perspective, why do you think ladies tend to stay in bad relationships? I think that um you know, even though we like to chalk it up as um low self esteem and things like that, I think that encompasses a lot though. I think it's more more so that um, you know, a woman is you know, invested a lot of time. That could be one aspect. Um, it could be simply something as simple as good sex. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's another aspect. I don't think it's just a one size fit all, you know, low self standard. Some highly successful women saying relationships that they should have looked at a long time ago. So, um, you know, I don't I don't necessarily um think that I you know, I do think that it is a component of that, you know, low self esteem uh, is definitely a factor. But I don't think it's the factor overall. I just think there's so many different things that you can't really pinpoint it. But then again, I'm not a woman, so <laughs> you know I, I take the lady's words for it. But I think I think it, I think it's a, a little bit more narrow scoped than that, though. You know, and, and that, that's what I feel about that subject. Okay, ladies, anyone want to reply to that? I, I, what do you mean when you say a little more narrow scope? Scope than than what? I mean, because um, you know, saying low self esteem is so broad, it it you know, I think that's an umbrella for all that stuff, I guess. But or it can be. But I think that if you drill down to it, and that's the uh, narrow scope. I think if you drill down to it, you can cover probably a, a more immediate uh, situation or reason. And even like even like what Andre said, you know, um, you know, just scared of the unknown or you know. Yeah, being in the company. Yeah, so you know, um, I think I think that the uh, low steps thing because it's used so much. I think it's it's become an umbrella for all that stuff. Okay, I understand what he's saying. I understand. And uh, you had something, Carmen? No, I was just trying to figure out exactly what he meant. Okay. Well, all right. A good. This is Catherine. I was thinking he's talking about the good sex. Depends on how old you are or how much sex you've had. I think that may no longer hold you because I've had some guys say, I've had women have to go through rehab to get rid of me and to get away from me, but you just seem to cut me off. And I'm thinking, listen, man, um, I'm, you know, I'm tired of your mess. Like, there's no good sex that will keep me. So it, it does change uh, depending on the person or what they brought to the table. And I don't make out like the relationship was all bad. Uh, but when you can't take anymore, like Carmen was saying, I can take it with so much, you know, get over it, we move on. But if I can't take it anymore, then we'll just split up. And I was dating a guy once, and we both agreed the reason we were still together was not because we felt compatible, but it was more we didn't want to have to go date anymore. We were just kind of like our person. And, you know, it, it's that way sometimes, the comfort zone. You just want to just, we'll just stay here. It ain't working. I don't really like you. 
but I got a person. So sometimes it's that way too. And low self-esteem is almost overused because I don't think low self-esteem necessarily means I don't think highly of myself in all perspectives. It's just I'm kind of in a low space in this area. So, you know, it could be, it could be um, that's a pretty broad topic, pretty broad, I guess, statement to say about women. Um, or people in general, low self-esteem kept me here. It just may be in that compartment or that area. Right, that's right. Okay. And I think that's what he was saying. People kind of overuse that. But um, I'll get back to you, Dr. Willis. But just to finish up the, the discussion on relationship, ladies, and, and Carmen, do you think that um, is it a stereotype that women tend to hold on to bad relationships uh, more than they should, like hold on to that that baggage, so to speak, as far as um, going into a new relationship and they're still kind of hurt by what the last guy did? Um, I, I don't know that it's a stereotype. I believe that we all hold on. If you don't learn anything from a relationship that you've had, you, you know, then you're just going to continue to do the same things over and over again. So you're going to take some kind of baggage whether it's good or bad, into another relationship because that's human That's human nature. We're going to take out the lessons that we're, we've learned and the things that have happened to us into our next relationship. It's dependent upon our maturity level and how much we, how much time we took before getting into another relationship and how we handle that baggage that's really important. But I can't say that it's a stereotype because I think men and women alike take baggage into their relationships and they can be good or bad. Okay. What do you think, Catherine? I actually want to take a different turn on this. I think we stay in bad relationships because we hold on to the good part too long. Like I remember in the beginning, it was so good, maybe we'll get back to that. So you know he has the potential to be good in the relationship, so you hold on to that potential. He used to have a job. He he used to, you know, bathe. He used to brush his teeth. He used, so I think we hold on to the good the good part of the relationship, and that keeps us there because it's like hope. So I wanted to take a turn that way. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to I want to discuss um, sisterhood. You know, it's to the point now that a lot of people think that sisterhood is a myth, especially in the in the black community. Um, Catherine, I'll stick with you. I mean, do women just not empower each other anymore or, you know, uplift each other? Man, listen, no, we don't. I just learned, I just learned five years ago to empower other women and to allow other women to empower me. The first time a woman said, hey, beautiful to me, I was looking at her with the side, I'm like, what you want? So, no, we don't because we're suspicious. We, you know, what, what you want, what you're here for. And it comes from, for me, it comes from my mom saying, you don't invite a woman in your house. You, you know, if you live with a man, you don't invite a woman in your house. You don't let right. her sit on your bed. All, you know, superstition. Don't suspicious of everybody. And then don't have one of your friends, you know, want a man that you have and they hook up or even if she flirts with them, you don't trust anybody. Um, so then when it comes over to the side of doing business with each other, I'm worried about if you're prettier than me or if you dress better than me or more people like you. Or, and then it's an honest five years ago, flew out the window. And from 
that moment on, I had to be intentional about reaching out to women, and I realized that all women didn't have the same lesson I got five years ago about allowing someone who doesn't want you sexually to call you beautiful, and you be okay with that, and you be comfortable in your own skin. And I thank that person um, for doing that for me. She had no idea at the time what she was doing. I've told her since then that when women pull back from me or reject me from reaching out to them with their skepticism, I, I understand it. And I have to let them know, especially like we make Facebook friends with each other, and you never talk to people. I don't do that on my Facebook page. If we're friends, I'm going to get around to you, and we're going to talk. And one lady, she's, um, she was like, what do you want? I said, we're Facebook friends. We should communicate. We should get to know each other. Well, what is it that you do? And, of course, the first time is, gosh, you know, you accepted my friend request or you sent it, and we didn't check each other out. What's wrong with that picture? So instead of me getting on the defense as I felt she was, I said, you know, I told her what I did, blah, blah, blah. I didn't respond her anywhere else. I didn't say go look at my website, go check on my face. I didn't do any of that. And I said, tell me a bit about you, but I knew what she did because I already investigated her page. And I said, well, tell me about, you know, she didn't tell me something, but tell me about, you know, your fan page. So just being intentional about it. So the short answer is no, we do not empower each other. We have reasons for being skeptical. We've probably been taught them. I know I was. And if we're going to empower each other, we have to be intentional about it and understand that sister is going to have some resistance possibly to your kindness because we don't typically do that. Okay. Very well said. And Carmen, you can add to that, but let me ask you this: um, If you agree with Catherine, then what happened to women uplifting one another? You know, we watch movies from um, that, that have stories of the past, just like Hidden Figures, and you have women who are uplifting and encouraging to one another. Uh, not to say that they didn't argue, but it, it was never to the point to where they were tearing each other down. I mean, when did all of this change to where? things became a little more cutthroat. Um, I think we have a tendency to, um, well, let me just say, I, let me just say, speak from my personal experience. I will do anything that I can to help you until you burn me. When you burn me, you don't have to worry about me lifting a finger for you because I've done everything that I can, and I'm not going to lie. When I hold a grudge, I hold a grudge. It's going to take a lot for me to get there, but I do. Um, and the reason why is because you have people who take advantage, who uh, use you until they just until you stop it or until they just can't use you anymore, and then they go on about their business. And that seems to be a general consensus, especially among us black women. It's not everybody, but there are a large majority of people who will not help each other. I see it. You know, I see it where I've helped several people do a lot of things, and I can't get them to support me uh, by purchasing my book or getting a T-shirt or even just spreading the word or telling somebody else about the book and telling them, hey, go get it or go get the T-shirt or wearing the T-shirt and taking the picture. And I've supported them, and it hurts my feelings. Once you get me to a point where I feel like I can't trust you anymore, then I no longer want you in my presence. And I think that we've experienced that so much and for so long um, that it has manifested into where we are today with not 
trying to help each other. And it's not just black women, it's everybody. We don't we just don't help each other because we're in a world where it's all about self gratification. What can you do for me? And it's not, okay, let me do for you, you do for me, we build each other up, we build up our community. And it's so prevalent in the black community when you look at it as opposed to all other communities. When even with spending their money, they keep it in their community. We keep our money where? In their communities. We don't lift each other up, period. And it's sad. Okay, and that's true. I mean, we all have the um, attitude going into a black-owned business that you're not going to get good customer service and things of that nature. So, I mean, we, we definitely always have a negative attitude when it comes towards that. And um, I mean, I'm sure that's part of it, but Catherine, how does social media play a role in this? You know, are, are women in a perpetual battle, a, a female sexual competition of beauty envy or, or something like that? I, I think that they are. I think that women are um, competing against each other and it's, kind of like high school all over again. The popular girls versus, you know, the nerdy girls or whatever. Like, you, you still have to find your niche. But you just, you have to be intentional. Once you recognize that people, everybody wants to feel important. And if you can manage to make them feel important, and you have some people that will mistreat you. Um, you have some people that will look down on you. You have some people saying, you know, I'm doing you a favor by being in your presence. When those people speak up, go ahead and just eliminate yourself um, from their world because they think it's their world anyway. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, smart women, pretty women, natural women, we, women that wear, you know, weave or, or nails or whatever, a big mix of them that are very kind-spirited individuals. But if we're looking at the other parts of our life, because I'm thinking just of business now, if we're looking at our relationship. We're looking at maybe, you know, you have a good relationship with your mom and I don't, but you have a good relationship with your man and I don't. It does become a competition because why is she bragging and putting that in my face? And you're not really bragging. You're just, maybe you are, I don't know, but I feel like maybe you're bragging because I'm having it so bad and, and you're having it so good. Um, and a lot of it just starts with me, the individual. If my mom taught me not to trust women, I don't know anything other than that till I learn something other than that. And social media doesn't help because you can look through your timeline and see that everybody's having it good and, and in your mind you're having it so bad and the world must know because you don't have anything to post. Um, yeah. So I think it, it definitely um, magnifies. It magnifies what our perception of each other is, you know. I'm sorry, Carmen, go ahead. I, um, I was just going to add, I think one thing that we need to keep in mind is everything that we see on social media isn't true. And a lot of people, it's just no, like sir. the Internet. Everything you read on the Internet is not true, but we see it and we take it as reality. If you, I'm kind of with Catherine. If you look through everybody's timeline, everybody's doing great. Something's not right because everybody's not doing great at the same time, all the time, every day. It's just not possible. Uh-huh. Okay. I agree. I agree. 
And um, I, I think that, you know, for the most part, social media gives people this platform to feel like, you know, reality stars. And that's how people treat it. I mean, I think some of these people actually think they're a star. Um, and they flaunt it and they brag and they post different things and it kind of causes dissension um, amongst others. And let me get a guy's perspective again, go back to Dr. Willis. And Dr. Willis, from a guy's perspective, sisterhood, what happened to it, especially in the black community? All right. Uh, let me preface this by saying, Carmen uh, and Ms. Waddell, of you guys, but what I'm about to say is not going to be popular. All right, so I just want to preface that. But uh, here's the thing. Black women especially, they unite like both time when it comes to uh, bashing men. And I think on a large scale, that's the only time I see them unite. Other than that, they it, feel like, it seems like they have to stick to this mantra or this mantra, however you want to pronounce it, uh, like I think Miss Waddell had alluded to. It's like, uh, you know, their mom taught them, you know, hey, you know, um, you know, don't trust no, you know, nobody, blah, blah, blah. But I think women, this mantra that, you know, women are catty, we don't get along. So they 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 actually, uh, um, they live that. And so it's like they can meet another woman and not know anything about this woman. But the first thing they're going to say to their friends or their buddies around them is like, oh, uh, you know, I don't want to meet her because we don't get, you know, we ain't gonna get along. You know, women don't get along. We, you know, we caddy, blah blah blah. They, they love that. They live that. So it's almost like they are self uh, perpetuating these things. And, and, and if they just realize that it's hurting their cause more than it is helping, then maybe it'll change. But the only time I see them come together on a full scale is when it's to, you know, bash, you know, black men about what they're doing or not doing. And and that that's just and, and and even social media play a role in that. You can, you know, if you don't believe me, you can go on any timeline right now, and you'll probably see it somewhere, you know. But when you start talking about business and supporting, you don't get as many people come together or come on that on that person's um, post or their, their page and, and support or collaborate or even, you know, join in on pushing some um, business agenda. So, you know, and and like Carmen said too, it's not all it's not just black women, but since that's what we're talking about, that's what it is. At least from the perspective from what I've been seeing, and and I pay attention because, like I said, what I see, uh, and when and when it comes to black men and black women, is the gender drift. But within that gender drift, like I said, women still find time to like give each other the cold shoulder. But that's the only time I see them really unite on a large scale, though. So, Bobby, mm-hmm. you said that you. Um, You've witnessed women saying, "Oh, I don't want to meet her because I know we're not going to get along." Oh yeah, I, I, I mean, like even at work, I mean, on social media, I mean, wherever, I, I mean, not just once, many times. Like, I don't want to meet them. You know, what I'm saying women don't get along because, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I give prime example. Just the other day, um, this young lady said that uh, you know she it was a, a meeting of I guess uh, a, a group of women at her job. They were going to go to this. Uh, to the checkers, I think uh, I forgot our hockey team here, but they were going. They were going to this game, checkers game, I think. And um, she said she didn't want to go because it's going to be a bunch of women and they don't get along. All right, and I'm like, well, how do you know that? If you know, you know, um, she was like, well, a couple of them I work with, so I know. I said, well, what about the others? Well, I just know it ain't gonna work. <laughs> you know, I mean, just stuff like that. I mean, I hear it all the time. It's not even just one isolated incident, 
this is like really random. Before my days of being able to empower and be empowered, I could look at a woman and say, I don't like her, something about her. So it's just, you can just look at her, you know. And it really, and sometimes I was right, you know, some of the people, but I didn't have a reason at the time. I didn't give them a chance. But sometimes you just look at a person, you don't like them. Sometimes I was wrong, but sometimes I was dead on them. <laughs> right, but you never know until you, you, know, you meet that person. <laughs> I'm sorry, what's that? I was just saying, you don't know until you give them a chance. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that point. I thought, I thought maybe somebody had asked me something. I'm sorry. Uh, what I was going to say is, you know, while I, I do understand that that does happen, um, I don't think that. It's the general consensus. I think we at least attempt to try. But like you said, your your coworker, she didn't want to go because she knew some of those people and she had maybe been around them before and knew that they didn't get along. That's something that's completely different from I don't want to meet her or I don't want to go right. anywhere with her because we're not going to get along. That's something right. that she had experienced before. So you can't just say a blanket, you know, statement that we're not going to get along because we do not always act this way, you know. And I think another thing, you know, I, I remember I was uh, listening. Oh, I was on your show before, Quincy, when we were talking about reality TV. And I think yeah. that what happens is we see this stuff on TV, and especially, you know, those of us who are, well, those who are younger, I'm not going to say of us because I'm, older, but those who are younger that watch it think that that's normal behavior to go out and fight and cuss and holler and scream. Everybody's not like that. If I go somewhere with somebody and they're too loud and they're hollering and screaming and fuss, I'm not going to say a word, but I won't go anywhere with them again. And that's just because I don't want to be in that situation where somebody might go and want to fight. It's not because I don't get along with that person. It's just because I don't want to be in that situation. So you have to take all of that into consideration. Right. Okay. Very good. Very good. Place you back on hold for a moment, Dr. Willis. But uh, I, you know, because it's like there's this running joke that every woman is a psychic when another woman walks in the room because the first thing that comes to her mind is she thinks she's cute. Uh, <laughs> you know. And I've seen a ton of pretty women fight on Facebook, of course. That just happens regularly. You can find that every day. Um, But I would like to see sisterhood be the norm and not something that uh, people think is mythical at this point in in our society, because especially in the black community, because black women have it so hard. You're like you're a double minority being black and a woman. And it's like we need all the help we can get from one another, men and women, to try to right the ship, so to speak. And it's, it's just sad to see, you know, people get torn down sometimes, um, especially when it's over foolishness or they really don't even know the person. So I definitely hope that is something that uh, can return to the forefront as far as, um, you know, women getting together and getting along and have that be the norm. But, uh, let me get into this last topic. I'm on the air. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. 
on the Talk to Q radio show talking to Miss Carmen Hendricks of CarmenHendricks.com and Miss Catherine Waddell of ThisNeedsToBeSaid.com. Carmen is an author, entrepreneur. Catherine is a media mogul, entrepreneur. She's kind of a do-it-all uh, show-off. And so uh, <laughs> let's get into business because this is something I know that you ladies know a lot about. And the first I want to talk about um, equality as far as payment in the workplace. Now, even though you all work for yourselves, I'm sure you've been a part of corporate America at some point. And, you know, the movie Hidden Figures, again, I, I referenced that because it was a great movie. It was an example of women making a huge difference in the workplace. And when I watched that movie and I saw the contributions that these ladies made to NASA and their achievements, it, it makes you wonder um, just how much goes unseen in today's workplace. So I'm going to start here. I'm going to go with you, Catherine. Why do you think women are so underpaid when compared to men, even though they may do equal or more of the work? Because of what you said earlier, we're double minority, and we really didn't know. We don't know any better. We don't know what our counterparts are making. We just assume everybody's making the same thing or starting at the same place and not realizing that there was a different conversation had with the men that wasn't had with us. Um, and then just not knowing that we could ask for more, even if we don't know. Because, I mean, the, my first example would be I'm only asking for more money because he's getting more money. But just the fact that we didn't know we could ask for more, we didn't know that we could negotiate. And men being in the workplace for longer than we have been have a better idea of being able to negotiate. And about right. years ago, job negotiation, and I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do this, was I changed my work schedule because ultimately we working in a group home, we working seven days on, seven days off. But they had it broken up into four days this week and three days the next week. And I don't like to travel. And I said, well, we're working seven days every two weeks anyway. If we could just do seven straight days, then we could have seven straight days off, and it wouldn't count against my vacation time. And I still have a full week off. And I actually just went and got another job. I didn't go on too many vacations, but I do like to travel. And I submitted it. Um, my team members, they agree with it. They were much older than me, which was ironic, too, because you would think if it could be done, they would have thought of it and done it. And so they liked the idea. And the other team that worked the opposite week of us, they liked the idea. All people, I was the youngest person that worked at the group home. I was 18 years old. But in my mind, it was a great idea for me just to work seven days and have seven days off. Um, to our, our group home manager, and they submitted the human resources figured out it wasn't going to impact them financially. We were getting the same seven days, and we changed our schedule. Um, Worked in Sydney Healthcare, same thing. I picked the schedule that I wanted to have. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do those things. But on average, women won't ask for a different schedule. They will have their kids interrupt their work schedule. Their boss is looking at them funny. You got kids. You can't work all the time. You're a liability as opposed to, no, I need a schedule that accommodates me and my kids. We don't know to ask for more money, for more time, for more flexibility. We just don't know. And that's, that's the problem. That's the problem, and nobody told us. Okay. And um, I think you make a good point. I, I think that um, I've heard some of those same reasons being given as well. And, Carmen, you can add to that, but I do want to ask you this, Carmen. Um, is it harder for women to start their own business? And if so, what are some of the struggles? 
Um, well, adding to what Catherine said, I, I think also the um, we, we're not taken seriously and we end up having to work twice as hard um, just to get equal respect. And equal respect doesn't necessarily mean equal pay. So I think that's important, you know, to say. But um, to answer your question, uh, I think that we as women have to really sit back and take a look at everything. Um, It's not hard to start a business. It's all about research. And it's about making sure that you reach out to the right people to get what you need to get it started. You have a lot of resources available, but if you don't know that those resources are there, then, yeah, it's difficult. But we have the Internet. We have local government agencies. We have uh, other people who have started businesses that we can go to and talk to so that we can get started. And we have to take advantage of that. And sometimes people don't take advantage of that either because of fear or laziness, and that's what hinders them. But for those of us who are dedicated, who are determined, especially those of us who have been in the corporate arena, it's not hard to start a business. You just have to have that drive to maintain it. Okay. And, um, Catherine, you want to add to that as far as some of the obstacles that women may encounter that maybe men don't when it comes to starting your own business? Um, starting a business, like Carmen said, is easy. Staying in business is what I find is a challenge, and that negotiation skill, again, is the problem. We get queasy when we have to ask for money or we have to stand our ground when we put a price up there. And we say, well, okay, if, if that's what you can pay us, pay me, then that's what I'll pay. And so our negotiation skills aren't as strong, and so that could take us out of business. And women, we want to remain a woman. We don't want to be tough and hard and mean and cutthroat. Is, at least those are the words that you know we use when we think about how men do business, some of us. But you have to be firmer, and you have to be a, a little tougher, and it will take you getting punched in the stomach and even in the throat not literally, but in business, to um, get you to toughen up. And I love watching biopics. The lady who started the um, shopping network is a good example of that. She, you know, she was helping her whole family, and she was trying to invent the, the mop or something, some little mop that you ring out without having to use your hands on it. And so she had her, her whole family was dysfunctional. She had a mom and her dad. I think they were divorced. She had her ex-husband living in the basement. Like, it was just a whole dysfunctional thing, and she was trying to please everybody. And then she goes into business, and she's looking for the family to support her. And by the end of the movie, this lady is so tough. They got her walking in the leather jacket. She's cut her hair. And I know it's strongly symbolic of you just kind of, you know, grew some balls. And so now you can stay Mm -hmm. in business. don't think of having to be tough like that and we don't know how to be tough like that and still be soft and be a woman and so we either go too far and we're just a pit bull or we just fold up and so we're trying you know trying to find that balance so negotiation skills and find the balance between being able to ask for the money and then being able to snap back into I get to be just a woman very interesting 
And uh, I, I think that you all, I mean, made some great points there. And for those who may be listening, who, you know, you're thinking about getting into doing something on your own. I, I see people talk about it all the time, but a lot of people don't know where to start. Uh, because people are quick to say, hey, I'm going to have my own business. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And they may actually have good ideas, but where do you start? Do you have any resource recommendations for someone who wants to start their own business? This is for either one of you. Okay, this is okay. I'll, I'll first. So you have, to, you have to tell us when to go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, for me, because a lot of small business owners don't necessarily understand beta testing or focus groups or test markets, I think just start. So if you're baking or you're doing hair, start in your kitchen. And I'm not telling you to run out and run up any fees by getting a lawyer or an attorney, and they may not want me to say this to you, but you might decide in two or three months, this isn't what I want to do, but you've gone out and got a business license, a bank account, and you've done all these things when you are really only trying to figure out if this is what you like to do. You know, some of us have gone to college and gotten a degree that we don't like and we don't use, and we feel really bad about all the debt that we have around this degree that we don't use and we didn't even like, you know, once we got into it, it was too hard to back out. Your business isn't that way. So test some things out and get some people that's going to honestly give you an opinion. Your family has to eat your cooking. So they might joke and say it's bad, but they still are eating it. So if they turn around and say you should start a restaurant, they might not be your best test market. Start, you know, preparing food if you think you're good and get some friends or some friends of friends to come through and try your food, test it out. And you don't always have to do a free test. Sometimes people will pay you and let you test let them allow you to have them as your test dummy for what you're doing. Think about anything you signed up for a one dollar trial offer and then next month fifty dollars. They're they're practicing on you in real time and they're making a little bit of money off of you in the process. So I'm saying if you have an idea, just get started. PayPal makes it easy for you to collect money from people. Um, you got Wix out here and like, what is it, Square, the, the website people. So it's real easy for you to throw together, you know, your business. And there's resources all around for you to do that. But I would even suggest you go as small as a group on Facebook. Just have a, a private group. And people who want to join it and are willing to invest a small amount of money while you test out your products on them. And they get a discount. I did that with my coaching program last year when I wrapped it up. I got a few people. I said, I'm going to give you 60 days for free. And at the end of the 60 days, I pitched them. And I had five people in the group. And three out of the five stayed with me and paid. So it's, it's different ways, but test your market. And the best way to test it is not do all the legal stuff first, just practice on people. If you cook, feed people. If you do hair, get some people to trust you in their head. You know, if you do taxes, you know, just begin with the people that you know around you. That's my, that's some of my suggestions. Mm-hmm. I agree. And also, um, you know, you we all know someone who, is successful um, in business in one way or another, talk to them. One thing that's important is branding. 
Um, so you are your own brand. I, I've had seen where people say, I hate brand, I hate that word. But really, you are a brand, and it's the same thing as your reputation. You want to make sure that your reputation is pristine. You want your brand to be pristine. So you want to make sure that you're providing quality um, products and services to people. We talked about it earlier in this conversation where, um, Quincy, I think you mentioned it. You know, people think that black people don't offer good service. They're going to have attitudes. Be different from that. Don't do that. Don't have an attitude. Don't be different from the norm. Step outside of the box. Um, Step outside of what's normal for you and make those um, steps towards being the best that you can be, be an expert in your field. You know, if people are coming to you about something and they always come to you for advice about something, then that's where you need to start. So those are are very important things. things to remember and consider when you're starting your business. And if you, you know, if you, if you need help or you want some advice, feel free to reach out to me. I'll be happy to talk to you about it. Now, I'm kind of like Catherine. After the first couple of conversations, I'm going to charge you, but I'll be happy to help you get started. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. And, um, yeah, and then sometimes, you know, it's one of those things where people don't want to do the research or they don't want to pay for the knowledge. And, you know, you have to invest in your own, in yourself, invest in your business. And sometimes you come out better paying for that knowledge, having someone who's been there and done that, give you what you need to get started and be successful. So one last question, ladies, and I'll let you go. I know we've kind of gone over, and I appreciate it. Um, And, Carmen, I'll stick with you. What is the next milestone for women in the United States? You know, what achievement can women make that's going to show, you know, hey, this is another huge step, or hey, um, we've made it, so to speak? (laughs) In reference to this conversation, bridging that pay gap. No, I'm just playing. Um, I don't know what the next milestone would be. Having the next female president would be a great milestone to have. The first female president, not the next. I'm sorry. I think that would be a great milestone. Um, But I think, you know, we really need to be honored for the achievements that we've already made and haven't been acknowledged for. Um, I think that would be a great milestone. Okay. Great point. And Catherine? I think, and I thought Carmen was going to say this, for women to begin to be intentional about empowering each other, um, not, thinking that we're out to get each other. And if you do think that I've said or done something to offend you, address me, not attack me. You know, hey, Mm -hmm. Catherine, said this right here. I kind of felt like you were saying this. Is that what you meant? Or when you did this, this is what I thought your intentions was. Is that what you meant? And some people, you know, because we're on the defense and we're so skeptical, well, you can see what they did. She was trying to do blah, blah, blah. We don't know. Um, You don't know what it looks like or to the other person when you do something. Give me the opportunity 
to correct it now. If you approach me and I start, you know, rolling my eyes and whatever, you know, then, then okay, maybe it was what you thought would give me the opportunity. But for us to be intentional about empowering our women um, and empowering each other. Now, I, I struggle with the, the term sis and queen um, because I don't think it fits everybody. And I don't automatically want to be your sis. But just, you know, I can be Catherine and, and you can be Carmen. And, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a special thing for you to be a sister. It's a special thing for you to be a friend, for me to call you a friend. So I take that off get lightly. So when people say, hey, sis, and I have to, you know, realize, okay, that might be her way of reaching out. So I can get over myself as well. So be aware of yourself, of the things that might hinder you from intentionally empowering somebody else. But I think that would be the biggest step up because even if you were not pulling for Hillary Clinton, had we come across as women and not attack because we, we, we can get angry together like um, the doctor in quotes was saying we can get together and bash a man we can get together on some negative stuff um, we can get together and and unite on negativity but we could have gotten together um, with this woman and we could also have written letters and made sure that we had females in the seats that speak to her as the president and whoever our first female president is going to be for us to remember that but we gave that woman, and I say we as a whole, gave that woman such a hard time. And we talked about, you know, her husband's presidency. But we, we just won't unite on a positive thing. So I think that would be the biggest movement. We'd rise so much quicker if I realized that there's enough room for Carmen and for me to do our thing and be individual. And I don't have to be prettier or smarter or I don't have to do more than her. I get to just be me. And she gets to just be her, and we both are great. Nobody has to be better than anybody. Nobody has to rank like that. If we could just realize that it's enough room for us all, it'll be a much better space for us as women. So I think that would be the move. That would be like the the epitome of the next thing for us to do. That would be great. Okay. All right. Very well said, ladies. And uh, let me let me get. Dr. Willis's perspective on this right quick. Doc, Dr. Willis, what's the next big thing women could, could do? I like what Carmen said about going back and, and recognizing some of the things they've already done, just like, you know, I'm in my 40s, and I knew nothing about hidden figures until the movie came out. I don't know how that escaped me, you know, all this time, but uh, what do you think the next possible would be? Um. I agree with um, Carmen and Ms. Waddell wholeheartedly. To be honest with you, I think, you know, um, the next big step, I think we will we will experience a female president this lifetime. I believe that. Uh, everything that Ms. Waddell just said, I you know, I'm wholeheartedly um, down with You know, I, I believe that that needs to take place. Um, so what I want to say to just put my little two cents in, I think that if they could just stop the buck with this generation or even the next because it may be too late, Stop teaching our little girls that they should have such a, a high distrust of other girls. You know what I mean? And even if that's ingrained in you, don't don't start speaking that around your daughters because they're gonna pick it up anyway. So um, you know, put aside the the whole mantra about being catty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was funny. It was cute back in you know, uh, you know, early 2000s. But you know what I'm saying? Nowadays, you know, you should just be like, you know, hey sis. What do you need, you know what I'm saying, to, uh, to to get ahead in what you're trying to do? And she should reciprocate. So I think that if women just 
stop trying to, um, and, you know, and, and you know, uh, forgive me because I'm a guy trying to tell women what to do, but uh, I'm suggesting that women should just drop this whole thing about, oh, well, we're just naturally catty. Put that aside. That's the first step. That's something that's easy to do. That should be really easy to do. And uh, so when you put that in action and you start to realize that, then maybe they'll start talking. You know, try it in your neighborhoods. And I, and I think this, this advice goes to everybody, not just women, but we're speaking to women. You know, you you go in your neighborhood right now, and I, I bet you you ask anybody, uh, you know, who their neighbors are. They'd be hard-pressed to tell you uh, who live to the right or left of them. You know what I mean? Get out there and, you know, have a, you know, you know just meet your neighbors and stuff. Start that way. You know, but either way it go, we got to drop this this whole facade about, or women got to drop this whole facade about, you know, being catty and, you know, not being able to, you know, do anything together and stuff like that. I think that's that's an easy uh, start. Okay. Ladies, anything to follow that? Um. I think for those women who are in that situation, I wasn't raised like that. So I can't speak to it because I wasn't raised like that. Uh, my sis, You know, I, I see where there are some situations where even within the family, people argue and fight. I don't have that situation, so I don't do that. Um, but I would agree that if that is something that's happening, then definitely we do need to stop it. We do need to intentionally empower as Miss um, Catherine has stated throughout today's conversation, and I would just like to say that I completely and 100% agree with that. All right. Very good, very good. And I appreciate uh, all of you t- me taking the time. And uh, to my guests, thank you. And Dr. Willis, I appreciate you chiming in, sir. Um, yeah. But Catherine and, and Carmen, give you all. And I, I think it's great that um, I mean I don't think you two know each other On social media Both of you have a huge social media imprint But I don't know if you come across each other But um, I, I think it's great when you have People who Care enough about something To take time out their day And discuss it and, you know, each week on this show, every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, um, you know, I try to have something. Sometimes it's entertaining, something just for fun, you know. But other times we have some serious topics or sometimes we have fun with serious topics, you know. But it's to get people to think because I'll be the first to tell anyone, you don't have to listen to me, okay. But, you know, I'm not saying believe everything I say. Just listen to what's being said by me or by the people on the show who call in and form your own opinion. Take that information, you know, do some research, whatever it takes, and form your own opinion. And so to have you all come on and share your opinions about the state of womanhood um, is, is, is something that's very valuable. And to my listeners out there, I mean, take this information, soak it up. Um, these are ladies who know what they're doing. Um, if you don't believe me, go to their websites and um, I'll give them a chance to, um, announce those again. But, um, I just want people to pay attention. And I think when it comes to black women 
as far as the black community, the black woman has always been the backbone. And we're starting to see the backbone slip, okay, because we have these bad examples on TV that someone mentioned earlier. Um, and we have bad examples on social media. And we have people who were raised by parents who knew better, who taught them better, but they're starting to slide into what everyone else is doing. Okay, and we need a more positive influence to come to the forefront. So, you know, pay attention to what's been said tonight. And even if you don't agree, try to get something from it. At least you're getting something from another person's perspective. Okay, which is all we try to do here on T2Q. So, again, ladies, thank you very much. And, Carmen, I'll start with you. You can give out your um, social media info or where people can find you. Um, where they can find Unapologetically Me, uh, When Honeysuckles Falls. Can you put it out there for us? Carmen? Oh, can you hear me now? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. You can reach me at CarmenHendricks.com, and that's Carmen Hendricks with an X. Um and on my website, you can find the links that will take you to my book, When Honeysuckles Fall, and also um, to the T-shirt website, which is I'm Unapologetically Me Tea. So I look forward to hearing from you guys, connecting with you guys. All of my links to all of my social media is on that website, but I can be reached at CarmenHendricks.com. And thank you for having me, Q. Yes, ma'am, and thank you for joining. And Catherine Waddell, um, let yeah. everyone know where they can find you and, you know, what you have to offer. Just, you know, go ahead and serve that up to them again real quick. Awesome. Um, again, thank you for having me on. Thank you for introducing me to Carmen. We're now Facebook buddies. Um People can get in touch with me at thisneedstobesaid.com. When you go to the website, there's a free sign-up for you. I give out Live Your Passion business tips each week, and I post those on my social media as well. When you go to thisneedstobesaid.com, every kind of way you like to connect with people on social media, you can find it in that one spot. So you can send me an email if you want to. You can connect with me on Facebook and Twitter if you want to. You can find me on YouTube, and I'm putting out some really good videos that will really help you in business. And while some people don't like to always pay for the information they get, I give out lots of free content um, to help you along the way. So you may not be able to build your business completely on what I'm sharing with you, but I can help you get started. So thisneedsbeset.com is the best way to get in touch with me. That's always going to be around. That's my that's my home. So I look forward to hearing from any of you. Anything that you liked about what I said and shared or anything you didn't like, let me know. I'm open, you know, to hearing what you have to say. My opinion is just that. It's my opinion. It's my truth, and I'd love to hear your truth. Thank you for letting me share. All right. And thank you for joining the show. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Talk to Q radio show, Woman Politico. Um, again, I know you're used to hearing a female voice host this show, but this year is me. And, um, you know, I can do that because uh, it's my show. All right. 
you can go to talktoq.com, sign up for my email newsletter, keep up with what's coming up next on T2Q. Um, you can also find a host of other things over at talktoq.com, show archives, um, show legend information, just whatever you need there. And remember, you can also find the Talk to Q radio show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Tuned In, Spreaker, just anywhere you can probably find a podcast aggregator, T2Q is probably there. So I want everyone to have a wonderful evening. We'll be back next week. I got something special planned for my man, Dr. Willis. Uh, So I'm going to feature him next week on a topic that we're going to get into. Uh, So I'll save that for next Tuesday at 9 p.m. But I hope that everyone has a great night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy.
starter Cooling on the scene with my European partner Laying down track after track Waiting for the climax When I get there, that's when I tax The next man or the next woman It doesn't make a difference Keep the competition coming And I recite chapter in verse The title of this recital is Ladies First The mic. The scene is right, the crowd is tight. I expel the whack and those who bite. Why? Cause I'm that type. Playing with B45 King style. He wants me to sing, but I'll swing for me. Wow. A footnote for the opposite sex. Moni, rip the mic, I'll rock it next. Plus, you never catch me at my worst. 